If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything. So you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the GC Sunscast. I'm your host Shane. Joining me on the line is Tom. Welcome to the show, Tom. Yeah, g'day Shane. How are you this week? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, I see you've been getting involved on Twitter, making a lot of new friends on there, so good stuff. Oh, mate, Twitter, we're, we're, we're killing it on Twitter. We're, we're, what are we up to now? We've got, we've got to check because it seems like we're getting more followers every day. Actually, we've got one less follower. <laughs> <laughs> we've got 18 we started with six we've got 18 followers were you the one to unfollow us Shane? no but i think we've got a fair idea of who that is and uh yeah. you you probably need to be a bit more careful with how you how you speak to people on twitter oh yes definitely already been banned from one major social media uh enterprise this year so Trying to make it two. Yeah, but that is part of your charm, Tom. That's why we've got you on the show. You're very strongly <laughs> with strong with your opinions, and uh, some people like it, some people hate it. You can't please them all. You can't, can you? But listen, we've had an um, interesting weekend with footy. We've had three games. So obviously, the AFL uh, seniors is the one that everyone's keen to follow and keen to hear a bit of analysis about. But we've also had a an interesting nickel game and our AFLW, well, it's not really our AFLW side, but our AFLW players who are locked in and also some up-and-comers who are hopeful of getting a contract uh, did pretty well on the weekend. Well, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Yeah, we will. First of all, we'll go through the usual admin stuff. Uh, you've obviously found us if you're listening to the show. Uh, you can find us on YouTube as well. We are live at the moment. The best way to find that is to jump on our Facebook page and find the link, which appears at 7 o'clock every Tuesday night. Uh, now, we also are on Patreon, and Patreon is the uh, our listeners' chance to uh, help us out on the show, help us keep keep the uh, technology and the the content running uh it really sort of inspires us and keeps us motivated to keep working on this while uh, the football club's not at its best and i'd like to thank our patreon donors old soul jack's dad paul vosti tom kim chris moore james wood and tony you guys are our patreon sponsors for this month and we couldn't do the show without you guys now we have something special to announce. This is episode 46. I think I might have put 45 in the title by mistake. I'll fix that later. <laughs> um, so this is episode 46, and we are only four episodes away from episode 50, uh, the big 5-0 for the Gold Coast Sunscast. So we've got a special announcement to make to celebrate our 50th episode, and it's going to be more of a celebration over the length of a week. And we would like to open up and show all of our listeners and supporters and followers what would happen if we were to achieve all of our Patreon goals. So the 49th episode is, as usual, on Tuesday, the 13th of August. 
We will have a special episode on the Thursday, the 15th of August uh, to chat about selections. So Tom and I will be on on the uh, on the online, I guess, on the air at about, what, 6.30, 7 o'clock on the uh, Thursday night to discuss the selections of the Gold Coast Suns for that game and talk more about the game uh, that's coming up because most of the time in these episodes we're talking about the game that's just gone past. Um, and then on Sunday, the 18th of August, Gold Coast Suns take on Hawthorne down in, uh, I think it's Marvel. I could be wrong. It's, it's not on the Gold Coast. That's the important that's, thing. And it's not in Tasmania. No. It's in Mar- Marvel Stadium. So Tom and I will be doing a live commentary off the game. Now, you'll be able to listen to that on Spreaker the same way you listen to the episodes. Now, obviously, with that, you guys will be able to chat to us live, and it's going to be more of a a chat, a a friendly chat, talking about the sun specifically. We get a lot of complaints about the commentary for the uh, AFL games, how it's usually focused and biased towards the Victorian teams. So we thought this would be a great opportunity to add some Gold Coast Suns flavour. So press bread for Ed if you if you'd like or whatever it is it's it's the GC Sunscast live chatting about the game as it's going on so there will be some issues with that we're not entirely sure how it's all going to work out just yet you know we might have to get our sponsors to send us to Melbourne to make it uh, or else we might have to find a pub yeah, at, at this stage, I, I'm imagining it's just going to be us, me and Tom sitting in front of the TV, watching the footy, having a chat as we would with the podcast, and our listeners might have to sync up the episode to uh, whereabouts they're watching it, um, maybe KO, but it should be a fairly fairly accurate stream uh, as we'll be watching the Channel 7 broadcast so we don't get any sort of delays. Now, with that said, let's focus on today's show. And we'll start off with the injuries, Tom. Well, poor old Will Brody doesn't seem to be able to catch a, a break. He, he's finally got himself a pretty much man-of-the-match performance. I mean, I, I know that we'll talk about who we who we did as best on ground, but he was one of them, I think, for both of us, um, and really did the job that everyone's been expecting him to sort of evolve into over the last couple of years. And he's gone and done a hammy, and he hasn't just done a hammy. He has had a bit of an unusual injury to his hamstring, which ordinarily it might put him out for four weeks, and he could be a chance to come back for the second, the last two, one or two games. But... This, this type of hammy, he's just gone. There's no chance of coming back in that in that in that sort of four week time frame. So, uh, Brokes, mate, you did a great job of getting yourself back into the twenty two and and solidifying your place. Bloody hell, we, we just can't catch a break. Um, I'm really devastated by this one. What about you, Shane? Yeah, Brody was easily one of the best on field for that game against Carlton and. Uh, losing him in that sort of form is really going to hurt the Suns. But the good side from it, the silver lining, is if the Suns are going to lose any player through injury, 
probably needs to be an inside mid because we've got plenty of those. We've got Miles coming back from suspension this week. So, you know, the perfect replacement for Will Brody there. And, um, yeah, you know, straight, not, straight, straight yeah, swap, isn't straight it? Straight swap. It's probably not going to hurt us short term. It's probably just the. A, cut, a few less games into under Brody's belt that we were hoping to get into him, um, yeah. but no. Well, there's a few more injuries to go to go through. So um, Jordan Murdoch's missed a couple of weeks, although sort of wasn't really that noticeable because he wasn't in in the top 22 senior team. He's back this week. He'll have a test on Thursday, but he'll be back. But the two players who've been really looking forward to coming back into the team, and they, if they pass their tests on on, on Thursday. More likely than not, they come straight back into the AFL side, and that's Ben Ainsworth and Jack Bowes. I'm a big fan of Bosey. Um, yeah, I actually, I actually met him a couple of weeks ago, Shane, at the, uh, the, the when they did the, the players, um, the, well, not just players, but they did the club function. Uh, and you know what he said to me? He said he's coming back for the Brisbane game. No, no, <laughs> he said. He said, where's your ball, mate? He thought I was you. He, he knew about the, the match ball. And he thought I was coming to meet him to, to sign it. Because, uh, of course, I have my, my uh, GC Sunscast T-shirt on. So uh, you'll have to find another way to meet Jack in person with your ball there, Shane. And the other thing is that, that day, the bloody bloke sitting behind me got the match ball. I, I was just that close to getting it. Oh, I would have loved to have been able to one up here. Anyway, uh, I'm sure Jack will be happy to meet you and sign your ball any old time. Uh, let's finish the injuries. Um, they didn't give us. There's a lot of stuff that wasn't given in the last couple of weeks that's now given. So Jack Martin may only be a week or two away with his finger. So he's pretty much confirmed to come back at some stage this season. He won't play this week. Aaron Young, three to four weeks. Touch and go on whether he'll be back this season in either of the sides. And Mitch Reardon, also three to four weeks, which is unfortunate because uh, he was heading into some really good form. And as we followed last week, Cal Archie, he might come back and, and, and make a final appearance in the final game or even earlier because it seems like his, his rehab is going better than expected. Isaac Rankin, unfortunately, is still TBA, and so is Gerber. They have now added three more players who will be out for the season. I mentioned Brody. Nick Holman and Will Powell, unfortunately, will not be back this year. Um, I don't know about you, but I read that, for all three, I read that as put them on ice, they're top 22, well, not necessarily cross, uh, not necessarily, well, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um they, they, they've been playing senior footy this year. They're not needed to come back underdone or further risk themselves. So on ice, uh, which means we can now get six players out of our 48 who who have no chance of playing for us year. Yeah, it's, it doesn't look good. Um, and we'll get to that. Well, I mean, we'll sort of highlight that a bit later when we talk about the NEFL side because the Lions had 21 listed players to the Suns 9. <laughs> And either the Suns are just... I mean, we're, we're still suffering some sort of injury curse, clearly. Because um, mm. other clubs seem to be able to field a, a second side. Um, and I guess the Suns just don't have enough players on their list to be able to, to 
to field a competitive NEFL side. And well, I mean, look, the, the, the Victorian teams have the VFL, and the VFL are clubs in of themselves. So the AFL has no control over, even though there are reserves teams, and of course they do have control, but they, even those reserves teams, they behave like a VFL club, uh, like Box Hill Hawks, for example. They, they have their own players. So Sam Fletcher was going to play for Box Hill Hawks this year, and we picked him up in the preseason. They have their own teams, and they're strong. They go with undrafted players, as as with uh, the, the the Tigers picked up Sydney Stack as an undrafted player and checked him out and then, and then signed him up. So we don't have that mechanism, and I think that's one of the things the club's going to look at trying to get that because we can't just stick them all in Southport and then ask to borrow their B graders or, or their, their players who aren't needed in the top twenty three. We, we need to have some ready-to-go players who are going to have some sort of competition to play in. If it's not needful, then it's got to be something else. And to be honest with you, it'd be good to have a bit of competition within that secondary group so that if you're not up to needful level, you're going back to Broadbeach or, or whatever, which isn't to, to besmirch the quaffle, but you know what I mean. Like If, if you're not playing well, you're, you're not playing needful. Whereas at the moment, if you're fit, they throw you a jumper. Yeah, I might ask some of my family members that still live in Adelaide um, what the go is with the the Sandful and the Adelaide side and the Port Adelaide side in there because I know recent, it was only a few years ago, I think Adelaide created a Sandful side uh, mm. where they could control the, the development of their, their players. Now, surely they've either got top-ups or they've got an allowance to have extra players in that Sandful side it may be similar to what you said with the VFL, where it's sort of its own club. Uh, but the Suns probably need to look at that as a bit of a model and try and create their own uh, competitive NEFL side. And that's that's a whole other argument, the NEFL and how the Suns can remain competitive because clubs are doing it. You see the Sydney Giants and the Lions, you know, dominating that, that field. And the Suns... You know they're lucky to beat some of the some of the other sides in the comp that aren't AFL level. Uh, yeah. Canberra, we lost to Canberra, I think, in the first game. Yeah, uh, and that was with a full complement. But I think that was more down to such a massive change in the list. Yeah. So the top of our list was cohesive enough to be competitive. The bottom of our list barely knew each other's name. Well, you know, that's that's exaggerating, but you know what I mean. Like they hadn't played together in a competitive game. And it really showed against Canberra because they had the talent and quality, but Canberra are a well-drilled unit and they want to play finals. Yeah. All right, well, before we finish up with the news, we'll give a shout-out to a good news story that's popped up on the Suns today. Nathan Thrower, a 14-year-old with who suffers from acute myeloid leukaemia, was the junior mascot for the Suns and got to live out his one of his dreams on the AFL field on... Uh, Saturday, uh, running out with the club before the Carlton game. And, you know, such a heartwarming story, feel-good story of the club reaching out and looking after, you know, a kid that's struggling, going through some really tough stuff that, you know, you wouldn't wish upon your worst enemies. And 
you know, the Braden Fiorini standing up, he, he's this kid's role model and, you know, taking it on board himself to to include this uh, the young Nathan in the club and really make him feel special. So, yeah, fantastic news story from there. Jump onto the Gold Coast Suns article if you want to know more. Um, there's a little interview there with um, his mother. Um, yeah, really touching story. All right, Tom, let's jump into the games for the weekend. And let's start off with the women's under 23. Yeah, look, there was a you know, fantastic effort. The, 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 we'll put it this way. The, 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 the team that's put together, they did play in Suns jerseys, but it's basically an under-23 opportunities team. So it's coached by the, the AFLW Suns coach, David Blake, or Ricky is what to call him, um, and a majority of the players were aligned with the Suns Academy or are already... Uh, actually signed with the Suns, but there were some other players from the other team who I mentioned. Um, although the, the majority of those have, have, have yet to secure a contract, so, you know, if they go well enough and they want to move down the M1, they're more than welcome. Um, and they they had a victory. So yeah. we're claiming it. It's a, it's a victory for the Gold Coast Suns. <laughs> Yeah, it was an 18-point uh, win. Four goals, 8-32 to WA's two goals, 2-14. Uh, Yorston, Suns signing, uh, kicked two goals. So good to see some Suns players getting in amongst the mixed. And Yorston was also voted best on ground by the WA side. And yeah, Groves, she's a massive signing for us. She's, she's just fantastic. Absolutely. And Groves Little as well. Tory Groves Little was voted best on ground from Queensland. And yeah, she was fantastic as well, running through, uh, running off half back actually, playing a role she played as a junior, and actually made it to under uh, all Australian level at during that year. So it's good to yeah. see her sort of going back to her roots and I, really dominating. I think we should shout out to our regular listener, Mr. Bods. Uh, because he he knows a bit more about Tori Groves Little and her from her junior days. So uh, and he, he did send me a message about her. Uh, so thank you, Mr. Bods. But we won't we won't continue on that one. Look, um, what a great what a great performance they led from start to finish uh, against. You can only imagine WA would have had a strong side. Um, so you know, really good signs for the the girls. They, they're technically Queensland under twenty threes, but playing in the Suns jerseys. So, you know, what a bonding performance to be finally be able to say we've won something because they've, they've played some uh, tough sides like Brisbane Lions in the winter series, and um, and obviously uh, since they've emerged from the under 18s academy and got the senior players, this is the first time there's been a W next to them and a, and a really good news story. Yeah. All right, before we move on, I have to ask, why do you call the coach Ricky? Oh, I forget how young you are. Um, there's a very, you know, Oprah? No. Uh, yeah, I do. It's not oh, like I watched the show, though. Yeah, but look, when, when you were growing up in the 80s, as I was, there wasn't very much on the TV when you were on school holidays, so you kind of end up watching these funny shows called Oprah and Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake was very funny. So Ricky Lake, David Lake, 
I think a lot of our listeners probably get it and are having a bit of a snort right now. You don't get it. It's all right. Google it, mate. That's all right. I'll stick to my Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in that generation and I'm proud of it. All right. Well, let's go on to the NEFL report. Now, another great day for the Suns, but as expected, uh, when the Lions have 21 listed players to the Suns' 9, it's not going to be a great result. So the Lions won 79 points. Uh, Suns had 2 goals, 5-17, to 13 goals, 18-96. And we only kicked 2 goals, as I mentioned. Yeah, and one of them didn't make the... uh the highlights package, because as I uh, provided on our GC Sunscast Facebook page, uh, I provided a bit of footage to to, to demonstrate why the NEFL-associated uh, camera person was a little bit distracted whilst Sammy Fletcher was kicking his first ever NEFL goal, first goal in Suns Colours. Uh, well, I don't know if you can call white Suns Colours any longer, but anyway, the old the retro, what's called the retro Clash jersey, um, and anyway, you can if you want to if you want to see what I'm talking about, go on and have watch that video. Um, look, I, I, my, my, my overall thing I want to say about this NEFL performance is the first half was willing, young bodies going up against mature bodies. About ten of those Lions players could be playing and have been playing in the Lions' successful senior team this year. A lot of the others are. Uh, recent draftees from the last couple of years' drafts, and they're, they're pretty decent quality, either academy or, you know, first or second round draft picks. So this this wasn't a, a performance where the Suns were ever a chance to win. And honestly, the Lions, on paper, should have won by 120 points. So kudos to the Suns, with more than half the team coming out of the academy, Andrew Swallow pulled on David's old jersey, number 24, um, and, you know, led the team. Led the, obviously, that will be really good for those those guys. Um, our, the gang, the Academy gang, uh, don't need to mention their names, so I mention them every week. Um, they are led by Connor Butterick. They're all fantastic. They're going to be better for the performance. Unfortunately, Sammy Fletcher will have a bit of a headache because Matty Eagles absolutely snapped him in half. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. Real, like the definition of a dog hit. So a dog hit um, is when somebody hits you from behind and hits you in the back of the head. Yeah, right. So I'm not that I, young. I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if Matty Eagles will be playing me full for the next week or three because it was uh, it was bloody terrible. But what it meant was, even though Sammy Fletcher couldn't couldn't uh, walk straight. He was able to kick his first goal from directly in front, which we didn't see on the video because <laughs> they were too busy watching George Hall and Smith and and uh, our favourite line, Nick Robertson, have a bit of a bargey. But anyway, uh, have a look at that. But yeah, the 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 the, the, the team they're they're running on running on empty, but at the same time they're blooding young talent. 
And I think those players will be better off in a year or two for having played a lot of NEFL. And you think back to guys like Jack Bowes, played a bit of NEFL before he was before he was drafted, and it really made him ready to play AFL football in his first season. Yeah, and one of those young bloods that were, I guess, thrown with the baptism of fire on the weekend, uh, Connor Badarik, or Butterick, sorry. He uh, he was one of the Suns' best, had over 20 disposals, looked really at home at that level. Um, so hopefully with improvement and potential, he should get to the stage where where he looks at home at AFL level as well in a few years. Yeah, and well, the, the best player for the Lions was, was a fellow by the name of Corey Lyons, who's the younger brother of Jared Lyons, and... Yeah, there's a lot of press about Jared Lyons. We, we won't go into it, but um, I will say this. Jared Lyons is the guy who's keeping Corey Lyons out of the AFL senior team. So <laughs> a bit of an interesting insight there. Um, maybe Corey, after three years on the rookie, or not exactly rookie list, but three years on the, on the list without a senior debut, might be looking for a new home at the end of the year. No, it's a, it's a package deal. Jared comes with him. Really? Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, there, there, I, I was one there, of Jared there's Lyons. There's a lot we can say, but let's let's just say, good on you, Jared. Mm. You're, you're picking up your your game like you said you would, but I don't think we've necessarily missed him. There's a lot more to the story. Yeah, I was one of Jared Lyons' biggest fans when he came to the club, and his first couple of years at the club, you know, really strong on him. But there there were obvious reasons why he was let go, and mm. some of those reasons aren't being published in the press but you know all the best to him it's you don't you always want to see people yeah uh, living up to their potential and um you know jared lyons is just one of those players that works better in a in a stronger side now sure and he did the right thing what he did was uh finish his season with the suns and went straight under the knife um he he every other player went on mad monday and went on their trips to bali and other places around the world and and you know some sometimes those players find out their their trade fate from around the world well he 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 did as well as he could to get himself back into shape and he was ready to play for the suns all year and just circumstances just just sort of changed and he didn't really like his end of year review he figured playing half the season quite injured and we said it so many times on the show that He's so slow, and he's he's obviously got problems. And I saw the game in, in in Ballarat where he got like you know fifteen touches and barely and barely spent half the game in the ground because he was injured. Uh, so you know, there's a lot lot more to it. But you know, good luck to him. We've moved on. He's moved on, and it just spices up the the um, Q clash as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, looking forward to that. Uh... You know, Brisbane's up on top. I don't expect us to win, but I bloody expect us to turn up and throw a few punches <laughs> and, you know, show, show them we're not pushovers. Um, let's jump into the AFL results. So, Gold Coast Suns took on Carlton down in Melbourne. Uh, 11 goals, 9.75 to 15 goals, 9.99. Carlton won by 24 points. Sexton kicked three goals. Wright kicked two goals. Uh... Not a terrible game of football. It was better than what I thought it would be. It was just... Uh, oh, how, do you, how do you put it, Tom? 
I think it was a I think it was a high standard. I think a lot of people said that that that, that you know a lot of the, well a lot of the commentators I mean maybe they're talking it up but they said they didn't it didn't feel like seventeenth versus eighteenth. There was a contest. There were genuine you know there was genuine go. I just think at the end of the day the Suns just had far too many teenagers playing, which up until now has been the problem in the Neefle and that's just growing. But yeah, the sen- the senior side. You can afford to have one or maybe two of those really young guys playing, and we had ten. Yeah. Well, anyone that watched the game, especially in the first quarter, would understand why we're keen to jump on and do our own sort of commentary for the Suns-Hawthorne game because a lot of the talk was about Carlton. My wife was sitting down next to me watching the game of football, and she watches maybe one game of football a year. And she asked why why they're always talking about the other side. And I said, well, they don't care about Gold Coast. Literally no one in Melbourne cares about Gold Coast, except for a few supporters. And uh, I'm sure a few of those are listening to the show right now. But uh, it became almost comical when they flashed up the coaches on the screen and had Chris Fagan, Brisbane Lions coach, under Stuart Dew. Did you see that one, Tom? Yeah. The title card? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, the gaffs, the gaffs are just, they'd be, they'd be comical if it wasn't your team. Mm. Um, you, you know, uh, at, least, at least this year they seem to be calling the players by their right names. Although I do notice if they don't know the player's name, they just don't say anything. <laughs> so Corey Ellis um, ended up with 20 touches and... and I think you heard his name called three times, and the and, and the first two times was to point out clangers that he'd made. So unless his number is square on, and they've got the cheat sheet in front of them, they don't they don't tend to really understand. I don't. Did you even hear Jacob Heron's name called all game? I mean, I, I know. I uh, thought I might have heard it once. Good... I heard Dawson's name mentioned a few times. Um, he did a lot of good things. But I, I think I think Dawson's guy. a bit more noticeable with the uh, shaved head. Yeah, he and Goober look like they're about thirty years old. <laughs> they make a good pair. Um, but you know, you know what? At the at the function after the footy a couple of weeks ago, Jacob Dawson was standing there with a the fan signing footies, and he had the biggest. He had a Goober sized grin the whole time. Love that kid. Really, really hope that he, he's got an AFL future. You know, he's one. He's one of those guys who you know picked up in the rookie draft, and it's it's a long shot that he's going to last the distance. But yeah, no, I, I love Dawson. Um, he and Jacob Heron, you know, had had uh, well Dawson's first time he's played this year, and, and Heron had a much improved game and got a lot more of the ball and did some nice things. You know, it, this is an opportunity to blood these guys. You know, of course we're going to play our top ten draft picks. That's just a no-brainer. You've got to get the footy into them, but you don't really have an obligation to get the footy into the into the rookies, and uh, and that's what we're doing at the moment. So, you know, to see, uh, but as I said, just far too young. We're just far too young. Couldn't Carlton were almost at their best, weren't they? Like they they they, they they've told Jeremy, well, not Jeremy McGovern, what's his name? Um, yeah, younger McGovern. Mitch McGovern. Mitch, Mitch yeah. McGovern, that, they've told him to go and lose a few kilos and get a bit of form. Um, they brought in, uh, they, they traded out their their concessions 
but they brought in some mature age players in in Gibbons and that well they traded in Nick Newman from from the Swans who we didn't appear very interested in yeah um, and, and they and they're holding on to some thirty something players because they're good but you kind of get the feeling that this is as good as Carlton is going to get oh and well that, we've got all the potential in the world yeah, I I think Carlton they've still got some stars there uh, Cripps Kerno. Um, I think one of the guys that they keep talking about is O'Brien. There's McKay as well. But it, it's all very much focused, I think, on um, the forward line in the midfield because you've also got Walsh coming in through there. But I, I don't think Carlton's got the potential that the Suns have, just they're further down the track. The Suns' potential with blokes like Ainsworth, Bowes, Weller, um, some of our younger guys, Brody. Uh, uh, then the three blokes we picked up last year King, Rankin and Lukosius plus McLennan as well you know there's a lot more talent on the Suns list they're just further away from where Carlton are that, so I think that's what you're trying to say um, how did you think the Suns played in that game because I noticed two halves I thought and looking at the, the heat maps uh, really sort of emphasises that the first half was very much played on Carlton's terms. They were run, running wide, getting uncontested possessions, and the Suns were trying to play more of a contested ball game, lock it up as they have been for most of the year. And that didn't go go our way very well. I think Carlton had two, two run-ons where they each kicked about four, three or four uncontested goals. Then... It switched in the second half to be more of a, a Suns style of play. The Suns came out, they were more attacking. They were taking the ball down the corridor and using it really well. And their heat maps also showed that they were running out wide as well to try to get those uncontested possessions. So even though the Suns got smashed in uncontested possessions against the Blues, we were negative 50-odd, uh, we were better in contested possessions. But I think... It's starting to come through and show that the Suns' new game plan is definitely more attacking, take the game on, and go through the corridor. Yeah, I think it's just execution, to be honest. I think, um, and, I, and I'm going to refer here to an article in the Gold Coast Bulletin on Saturday, which a lot of people would have read, but, but I think it's worth going through again. It's, it's execution. So John Haynes, who's the, the GM of football, He's, he's basically come in and said, the Suns are starting to layer in what the offense looks like and what our ball movement looks like. At different times over the past few weeks, we've seen the ball movement start to take shape. The evolution of our offensive ball movement has also played a part in more turnovers going back the other way. Like all game styles, the development will take some time to embed and become consistent. So I interpret that as... When you start to see us go through the guts, which we haven't been doing in the first year and a half under Jew, and I've been seeing it a lot more effectively done in the NEFL. In fact, the video I posted is one, one perfect example. If you can go from the right-hand back pocket to the, to, to the left-hand half-forward flank and move the ball without stopping the mark and go back you're going to have an inside 50 to a player on the lead. And we don't do that very often. So we're starting to see it 
I mean, our our, um, our inside 50s by the end of the game was 53, which is pretty healthy and it's pretty good for us. There just wasn't quite the conversion. Our marks inside 50 was nine. We end up kicking 75, which is actually better than usual for us, but it's just not going to be good enough to get that forward pressure that we want to, we want to do. So, yeah, it's a work in progress, but it's a welcome, for me, welcome change in game plan. Unfortunately, when you look at those heat maps and the, and the stats at the end of the game, the turnovers just kill us. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree. Uh, a couple of players I thought noticed um, a bit, uh, probably not noticed. They impressed me more, and I thought they they were crucial to taking the game on. I thought Hanley and Ellis were great. They played more midfield time this week than they have in any other week. Um, yeah. I think I saw a stat where I think Ellis attended like twenty seven centre bounces on the wing. And Hanley, I think, was similar, maybe around that uh, 23 or 24. Um, and I've always wondered why Hanley doesn't play more midfield for us because he does have that pace. He does have that ability to really impact the middle of the ground. If anything, I'd have to say it's because his injuries keep holding him up and keep setting him back. So we've had to be more, more lenient with how we use him. And, and, our, and our back line is, yeah. isn't mature enough, so it's and, and I guess with Weller out as well, that's probably a position mm. Weller's very favourite to play. Um, so I guess that helped them, but they certainly provided something which we haven't seen for a few weeks. Uh, it was really good to see them there. Lukosius has just been fantastic since his switch down back. He's such a good ball user, and he just looks so at home down there. He can read the play really well. Um, and then a couple of criticisms. I thought Swallow, Harbrow and Wits as leaders of the club, they had really poor games, I thought. Now, Wits did an amazing job in the ruck. Give him that. But yeah. he had a 33% disposal efficiency from about 12 disposals. A couple of rotten shots on goal where he totally burned a player in the clear. I mean, we, we probably just expect more th- from that than Wits. Uh, yeah. But I, I wasn't happy with that result. I thought if if those three players had more of an impact, we probably could have won this game. Uh, I mean, Swallow only had, uh, I think, you know, 12 or 13 touches as well, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he did play a lot of the game on Crips, but you want to get a better result. Okay, so I, I think um, Swallow spent most of the time on Crips. Lemon spent... A bit of the time on Crips. Um, I think maybe Fiorini started off spending... I think they shared it around. Uh, I think Risha might have spent a bit of time on it as well. So, you know, you, you, you've got to look at the, in that context. And a lot of the time when they when they were trying to tag Crips, Crips would go to Swallow and tag him. So it's one of those sort of situations where, you know, Cripper, he, he didn't have the, the best game. Um, he ended up with 18 disposals himself. So let's... Let's look at that. You know, so he's negated two or three of our players, and we've negated him, and they've smashed it. And the 18 touches that Cripps got is worth 25 touches for any other player because he had 94.4% disposal efficiency and just made every touch hurt. Yeah, sirens on our end, guys. Something's going on in Brisbane, Tom. Um, 
All yeah, right. Yeah, just just uh, usual Brisbane Lions training. The, the thugs are out trying to bloody kill each other. Okay. So let's move into our, our votes for the round. I gave my first vote, one vote to Fiorini. It's 32 disposals, six marks. Uh, he was very influential in setting up a lot of the attacking play. Uh, so good result from him. Who's your one vote for, Tom? Uh, Darcy McPherson. Um, uh, he, he had a nice goal, uh, which got us up and about. His disposal efficiency wasn't terrific, but 10 tackles. But you what, like, I, I remember watching Darcy McPherson, and he is so quick to get the ball from hand to foot from a, yeah. a clearance. I completely understand why his disposal efficiency isn't great. And... It's yeah. usually above 50-odd percent anyway, so that's not too bad considering how quickly he gets his ball, his foot to the ball. It's not. It's not. And I'd love to see him getting 20-odd touches playing as a, primarily as a forward because I think he's got that defensive pressure. Mm. Really does a good job for us in the forward line there. Uh, who'd you have for two? Two votes. I had two Miller, 27 disposals, 11 tackles, 9 marks. 23 pressure acts and 67% disposal efficiency. It was a fantastic all-round game for Took. And after a slow start last three or four games since he came back from injury, he's finally started to find his groove and the, the, the level of pace he needs to be at for AFL. Fantastic result from him. Yeah, I had Took at number two as well. Uh, for all the reasons you said, 11 tackles. And a couple of one percenters. I love one percenters. Uh, he led. He led the the team for inside fifties, and he had a goal assist. I love goal assist. Like, Took had an all round game. Nine marks. One of them was contested, which is good for him. Uh, a couple of clearances. You know, he, he did a lot, and it was so good to see him back. In fact, if you, I don't really follow AFL fantasy. Or I've never been involved in it, but he by far and away got the highest number of fantasy points of any player on the entire ground. Oh, and I believe it. It was a really good performance from him. And for three votes, I went with Brody. Unfortunately, he's done his hamstring, but his 26 disposals, 10 tackles, 25 pressure acts, and 73% disposal efficiency, uh, his impact that he had in that second half when he was moved onto the ball... Uh, just really got the ball out to uh, to our runners and was able to get the Suns players moving at a faster rate, and that really put Carlton on the back foot. I thought. Yeah, I agree. I want to give a special mention to Alex Sexton with his three goals. Um, he also had a goal assist. So to to sort of play a play a part in you know thirty five percent of our points, um, he's doing his job. I'd like to see him getting some more of the ball, but I think that's got more to do with the rest of the team getting more inside 50s and and uh, and the rest of the forward line operating well. I also gave my three points to Will Brody. I think I hinted at it a bit earlier. Um, he's doing everything that's asked for him. Six clearances, you know. The only guy who's getting more clearances than him is, is Jared Witts, who's, who's cleaning up his own garbage. We're so much better at clearances in the centre this year. We've won it again. Um, we didn't win the stoppages, which we've been really good at, but um, I think Carlton might have picked our pocket quite a few times there where it wasn't essentially on our midfield or on wits. It was just their tactics, which uh, we know we're going to have to improve a lot on. Yep. 
All right, well, we don't have much time left, so let's just finish up. We haven't done this for a while, actually. The Lockie Weller, what a performance moment. We finally had some good uh, Suns performances, so we can actually give something away uh, this week. But we haven't discussed who it is, Tom. Who do you reckon it is? I've got half a mind to give it to Ben King, just for the sake he, he threw a punch at Riscatelli. I, I liked what Stuart Jew said in the aftermatch because Jew didn't know why the, the, the mark was reversed to a free kick. And when they explained to him that, that, that Kingy threw a punch and it actually snotted Risha, Risha had t- bloody seven disposals up to that point and he only had 12 in the end. I think he might have been a bit groggy. Um, I think I hope they gave him a concussion test. Um, I think we kind of got to give it to him. If, if, if Kingy can give, give that to a player who we hate, like, Dane Zorko, then uh, it's worth the suspension yeah. <laughs> and the what a performance. Yep, so Ben King. Lucky Weller, what a performance. Save that stuff for uh, the Brisbane game next week. All right, well, yeah, that... well maybe, maybe his brother <laughs> next year when we play. <laughs> All right, well, that does us for another episode of the GC Sunscast. Uh, stay tuned to our Facebook for all the latest and go Suns. Yeah, go Suns. If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything. So you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com.